Pastor Kyle, Pastor Jamie, we honor you today. Creating a culture of honor is so intentional and so strategic because honor is the culture of the kingdom. And in fact, also, honor is not just culture. Honor is a seed. Honor is the seed and the key to access. One of the things that you need to know, and especially those of you who have been a part of Dominion from the beginning and even from relationships before, is the Lord is doing a new thing, not just in this house, but also in your pastor, in your apostle, in your shepherd. And while there may have been seasons of familiarity before, there is something that the Lord is depositing inside of him that is greater than even the relationships that may have been there in the past, but you have to be able to see him as God wants you to see him. And it's not a matter of worship or putting on a pedestal or anything like that. He's got enough people in his life to surround him, including myself, who'd kick his butt if he gets to that level, okay? But he is ordained and chosen and called to you, to this city, as it even says on this wall, and even to this region for such a time as this. And one of the things with honor is familiarity is the enemy to honor. It's important to be family, but not familiar. While they are family, don't treat your pastor as common. Don't treat the gift and the anointing that's inside of him as common because he is uncommon, as you know, in every single way for such a time as this. Love him. Just as Pastor Devon said, how many of you would raise your hand in this place and say, I'm all in? Come on, let's say that together. I'm all in. Pastor Kyle, Pastor Jamie, we are all in with you, and I am all in with you. I believe in you. I love you. <laughs> oh, I remember where I was sitting when you called me on the phone, whenever you were dealing with the warfare and the opposition that was trying to take you out. And you said, I have a vision. Everybody, the Bible says that where there is no vision, in fact, some translations say where there is no prophetic vision, the people perish. It's not enough just to have a vision, but it's more than enough to have a vision from the Lord that says, this is what the heavens are saying to be released into the earth for such a time as this. And there was a vision. I remember when it was just an idea in his head. Before there was any of this, before there was a launch team, before there was ever a facility in place, before there was even a logo or anything. And he said, the Lord has put this vision inside of my heart for Dominion Church to be a place where people, just as it says in Genesis 1:26, their very purpose, their original intention, let us make man in our image and likeness and let them have dominion over the earth which that is our purpose, and that is why this is a place where you can encounter purpose. And look at what you're standing in today. Favor has been upon this house from the very beginning. This house has not been in lack. This house has not been in want. The Lord has supernaturally provided. And can we also give God praise for 10 acres of land for free? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And as this land is yours, this is the Lord saying, you are putting a stake in the ground. You are here to stay. You are committed. We are committed to this region. We are committed to a people to make Darlington and the PD region look just like heaven on earth as it is in heaven. 
as it is in heaven. First of all, I just want us to set an atmosphere. Can we all stand on our feet right now? Just lift our hands to heaven. Let's just begin to minister to the Lord and invite him in this place. Jesus, we turn our focus on you. We turn our affection on you. Jesus, you are King of kings and Lord of lords. Lord, we declare you are worthy. There's nobody like you in heaven or on earth. The earth is yours in the fullness thereof. You are worthy to receive blessing and honor, glory and power, strength, dominion and wisdom. And honor belongs to our God. Lord, so we just worship you today. Come on, let's just sing this right here. We give you all the glory. We worship. We worship you, our Lord. You are worthy. You are worthy to Yes, Lord, you're worthy. We give you all, say, we give you all the glory. We worship you. We worship you, our Lord, for you. Jesus, you have dominion over heaven and on earth. Jesus, you rule. Jesus, you reign. The King of kings and Lord of lords is exalted on high. Be exalted on high. Oh, we give you all the glory. We give you all the Hallelujah. 
more time, Lord, you're worthy. Lord, you're worthy. Jesus. Lord, you're worthy. Yes, you are, Jesus. Lord, you're worthy. Lord, you're worthy. What time, Lord, you're worthy. Lord, you're worthy. no one else who deserves glory but you Lord we are a people of your presence we are a people of your face we are a people of your majesty oh God Lord let us see you rightly today let everything be done be done in the atmosphere of your presence because you are here Lord just as Moses said unto you In Exodus 33, verse 16, it is your presence among us that distinguishes us from all the rest. We don't want to go without you, Jesus. If your presence doesn't go, we don't want to go. Oh, the Bible says there's times of refreshing that come from the presence of the Lord. Just let him wash over you today. I know some of you are tired. Some of you are fatigued. Some of you have had hope deferred. The Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick, but there's a healer in the house today. Holy Spirit, you are here. Do what only you can do today. Father, I thank you that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart would be acceptable in your sight, O Lord. I'm a rock and my redeemer. Your word does not return unto you void, but accomplishes what you sent for it to do and prospers into the place where you've sent it. Holy Spirit, you are the preacher and the teacher. Put me on like a coat that I may speak the very oracles of God. And Lord, we declare that you are exalted and let you be seen and let your word go forth without failing as it won't. In Jesus' name, amen. If you please stay standing, let's stand for the reading of the word today. We honor God's word because the Bible even says he exalts his word above his own name. And if you turn with me to um, 1 Samuel chapter 30. 1 Samuel chapter 30. And we'll start in verse 1. But the Bible says that he exalts his word above his own name. 
And his name is the name above all names. And yet his word is exalted even above that. So as we're creating a culture of honor, not just for our pastor, let's show some honor for the word of God this morning. As I received the invitation um, to come and bring a word this morning, you know, um, a couple weeks were going by and I was just like, okay, Lord, I know you have me on assignment this weekend. What is it that you want to say? And I'm like, I wonder when you're going to show me what you want to say. And then finally, there was one, there was one evening I was getting ready for a prayer service um, back at New Harvest. And while I was getting ready, the Lord finally said, if you ask me, I'll give it to you. And so I was like, okay, I ask you, Lord, what is it? And then immediately downloaded. And so I believe that this is a word in season. This is a prophetic word um, for you, PK, and you, Pastor Jamie, and also for this house. Because the Bible says that, behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like the oil that flows from the head down to the beard and down to the garments. So what's coming on your pastor today is flowing down to you today. So what they're able to claim today, if you're under alignment and recovering in this house, you have a right to what it is that's on their head. So this is a story about David in a very pivotal moment of his life. And I believe David is a very prophetic picture of the life in this journey with your pastors and with what God is doing here at Dominion. So let's read in 1 Samuel chapter 30. Um, We're going to bounce around to um, a few scriptures, so just flow with me. Um, Verse 1. Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag, attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire. It had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great. They did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city and there it was, burned with fire. And their wives, their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were there with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives, I ain't gonna try to pronounce that, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal the Carmelite, had been taken captive. Verse six, now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and daughters. But David strengthened, actually this word strengthened also means to encourage himself in the Lord. Sometimes you're not going to have somebody with you to pray you through, and you need to have the ability to encourage yourself in some situations. Your pastor's had to have that in times in his life, too. And so there's a sign of maturity is whenever you're able to encourage yourself because you know the word for yourself. Come on, somebody. Verse 7, then David said to Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, please bring the ephod here to me. And Abiathar brought the ephod to David. Do you have... Do you have verse 8 to throw up there? I don't think I gave it to you. Um, if not, okay, I'll just go ahead and read it. You can follow along if you have your Bibles. Just two more verses. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail. Come on, somebody say, without fail. Say, without fail. One more time, without fail. Recover all, not just some. Not just a little bit, but all. So let's skip down to verse 17 in the same chapter. Just a few more verses. So here's what happened. Then then David attacked them from twilight until the evening the next day. 
Not a man of them escaped except 400 young men who rode on camels and fled. Verse 18, just as the Lord said, so David recovered that the Amalekites had carried away and David rescued his two wives and nothing of theirs was lacking, either small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything which they had taken from them. David recovered Verse 20, then David took all the flocks and the herds they had driven before those other livestock and said, this is David's spoil. This is Pastor Kyle and Pastor Jamie's spoil. This is Dominion's spoil. And now if you skip over to the next chapter in verse it's Samuel 31, this is all going to connect. We're building a house today. 1 Samuel 31, verses 1 through 6. Now the Philistines fought against Israel, and the men of Israel fled from before the Philistines and fell slain on Mount Gilboa. Then the Philistines followed hard after Saul and his sons, and the Philistines killed Jonathan, that was Saul's son, Abinadab, and I ain't going to try to pronounce that. begins with letter M. Saul's sons. Verse 3. The battle became fierce against Saul. The archers hit him, and he was severely wounded by the archers. Then Saul said to his armor bearer, draw your sword and thrust me through with it, lest these uncircumcised men come and thrust me through and abuse me. But his armor bearer would not, for he was greatly afraid. Therefore Saul took a sword and fell on it. And when his armor bearer saw that Saul was dead, he also fell on his sword and he died with him. So Saul, his three sons, and his armor bearer and all his men died together that same day. Okay, here's where, the, here's where the, the assignment's coming from right here is the next chapter, which is the beginning of 2 Samuel, verses 1 through 10. Now it came to pass after the death of Saul, when David had returned from the slaughter of the Amalekites, David had stayed two days in Ziklag. On the third day, it's no accident that today is what, October? All right, receive this word today. Behold, it happened that a man came from Saul's camp with his clothes torn and dust on his head. So it was when he came to David that he fell to the ground and prostrated himself. And David said to him, where have you come from? So he said to him, I have escaped from the camp of Israel. Verse four, then David said to him, how did the matter go? Please tell me. And he answered, the people have fled from battle. Many of the people are fallen and dead and Saul and Jonathan, his son are dead also. So David said to the young man who told him, how do you know that Saul and Jonathan, his son, are dead? Then the young man who told him said, As I happened by chance to be on Mount Gilboa, there was Saul leaning on his spear. And indeed, the chariots and horsemen followed hard after him. Now when he looked behind him, he saw me and he called to me. And I answered, Here I am. Verse 8, And he said to me, Who are you? So I answered him, I am an Amalekite. He said to me again, Please stand over me and kill me. For anguish has come upon me, but my life still remains in me. So I stood over him and killed him because I was sure that he could not live after he had fallen. Here we go. I took the crown that was on his head and the bracelet that was on his arm, and I have brought them here to my Lord. As you make your way to your seat, touch three people and say, the crown has come. This is my assignment today. The crown has come. The crown is not coming. The crown is here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Trey.
So what happened here is there was a battle that took place at this place called Ziklag. Ziklag's not a popular place that's mentioned in scripture, but this was a very pivotal place. Ziklag in Hebrew means press down to reveal what's inside. How many of you know the Lord will take you to a place where he's going to show you what you're made of? There's going to be times in your life and levels where he will take you through tests to prove that the word that's been placed inside of you is coming to full effect. So don't be surprised when you find yourselves in situations. It's not God causing them because every good and perfect thing comes from above, from a father of lights where there is no shadow of turning. But these situations will show you what you're made of. And also what's interesting is this place, Ziklag, was a city that was located in the tribe of Judah, in the land of Judah. And of course, Judah means praise. So what do you do when you find yourself in a place of pressing in the midst of praise? When you find yourself being pressed from all sides, but yet you choose, just like David did, to encourage yourself in the Lord and declare, just as we said earlier, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my defender and my rock and my defense. And it doesn't matter what's happening around me. What happens is what's been put on the inside of me. And so what we are declaring today is there is a defining moment that's happening here at Dominion Church that is revealing and showing this city, showing this territory what you're made of. And one thing that's interesting is for this defining moment, this was David's last stage of process before becoming king. How many of you know process is the P word of Christianity? We treat it, would, I wouldn't say four letter word, but it's seven. So people don't like process. We want the promises of God, but we despise the processes of God. And so one of the things with process, it's a series of actions or operations conducing to an end. Process doesn't just happen. Process is not without purpose. If you want to encounter purpose, you need to encounter process. Because also when we're in process, it's not fun. It's not comfortable. In fact, it's not a one and done. Process is experienced on multiple levels because each level is designed to produce something significant and something different. And so just because we don't like it in the process doesn't mean the process is not right. Even just because we might not like rebuke, we might not like correction, we might not like instruction or wisdom doesn't mean that it's not right. This is a test to show what you're made of. And just because it's not good to us doesn't mean it's not good for us. Because all things work together for good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. I don't know about you, but is there anyone in this place who's called according to the purposes of God? Is there anybody who has a prophetic word and a prophetic destiny over your life that you declare, it doesn't matter what situation I'm in, it doesn't matter what circumstance, it doesn't matter what the doctor's report is, it doesn't matter what the bankruptcy notice says, come on somebody, I need some help up here this morning, that declares that no matter what come what may, I will choose to stand on what the word of God says, what the prophecy says, I will war with the prophecies just 
just like Paul told Timothy and declare that if the Lord said it, it's established and it is settled forever. So dominion, if you have a word over this house, it is settled, it is established, it is so, and it is final because it's the decree of a king. And if a man decrees a thing, it's established and he cannot go back on what he said. If you are thankful for that decree, let me hear you give God thanks in this place. So David had to go through a process to be ready for his promise. God doesn't just drop you in the land of promise. There's a journey to get there. How long it takes is up to you. The children of Israel had a journey that was supposed to take them from Egypt into the promised land that should have only taken them two weeks. But because of their refusal, number one, to submit to the word of the Lord, to submit to the authority that God placed over them through Moses, and also because of their unbelief, what was supposed to take them two weeks took them 40 years. So life is experienced on levels, and it's meant to be experienced in seasons, but some of you in this room, I believe, are experiencing cycles when it was supposed to just be a season. Seasons change when you change. Cycles change, don't change unless you change. So if you're stuck in a cycle, it's up to you to be the breaker. The Lord says, just like he told the man who was by the pool of Bethesda, he could have reached down and laid hands on him, but he said something that was completely insensitive. He said to the man who couldn't even walk, he said, take up your mat you get up and walk. Because sometimes it's our faith that makes us whole. It's our faith that carries us into the promise. Because when we believe that when there's a word of the Lord spoken over our lives, that we submit ourselves to that word and act on that word, God orders your steps, but it's up for you to take the steps he's ordered. And God is ordering steps today and now and forevermore here at Dominion, here in Pastor Kyle's life that are prepared and ordained by the Lord, but you will not get to them unless you take the step. The promises of God are already prepared. They're just waiting on your arrival. There, there were eight levels of David's process, and this is a prophetic picture for this house. The first level of his process was actually his birth. David was not blessed to be born of two parents that were married. In fact, it's actually believed, and tradition says, and history says, that David was actually the product of an illegitimate relationship. And so that's why, you see, later, he was out in the field while the brothers were in the house, and he was rejected. He wasn't invited to many things. He was forgotten. He was hidden and rejected. He was also born as the runt. And also, the thing was, David, while he was the product of a screw-up, the screw-up was used to birth a setup. You might think you were a screw-up because of what your daddy did and what your mama did and how you were conceived, or you may have lost your mama or your daddy, but the Lord says that I am your father, and I'm bringing you into a legitimate family where you will be seated forevermore with a rightful place at the table where you don't have to beg and you don't have to beg for crumbs because you are seated at the king's table because you are royalty. Somebody shout, I am royalty. You may be a mistake to man, but I declare you are no mistake to the Lord. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. He knew you before you were in your mother's womb, and you are not an accident. You are not here today on October 3rd on this Sunday by accident. You are here because the Lord has you here for a purpose. But the thing, though, was David had to overcome 
and be processed in this to overcome walking the rest of his life with an orphan spirit. David didn't stay wallowing around in the rejection. David didn't stay as a victim, but the Lord revealed to him his identity and showed him that he was called for more because God places the orphans in family. You might not have any family, but this is a family right here that the Lord can set you in. And Pastor Kyle, I prophesy over you that you may have felt rejected and betrayed. You don't come from a normal family situation. You're dealing with issues, even in your family. But the Lord says that I've placed you in my family. I've loved you and my love overtakes what may have been hurt from the time you were even in your adolescence. I even hear the, the ages 12 and 13 right now that there were pivotal ages that the Lord had to heal and is continuing to heal. And as you walk in this, you are going to see a greater level of manifestation of your identity and your purpose. And you will also be able to use that to minister to the other people the Lord brings to you because you have experienced rejection and you have overcome. And the people who have experienced rejection will overcome it in this house. So that was the first stage of his process. The second level of his process was he was hidden in the field. And then also, he ended up killing a lion and a bear. While everybody else was in the house, he was faithful in the mundane. He was faithful in the dirty work. He was faithful doing the things that nobody wanted to do. But because it meant for him to be alone with his heavenly father... And he understood that honor is a seed to access even no matter how much they might be treating you. This level of being faithful in the honor prepared him for a later level. But the thing is that the Lord wants to say to you, can you be found faithful when no one's watching? The secret to getting influence, we live in a culture of influence. If you're on Instagram and all this stuff, you keep hearing the words influencers. So-and-so is an influencer, which basically means they just follow themselves around doing their day, getting paid to just go to the beach, go shopping and go to clubs and turning up and all that stuff. And just walk around with a camera all day. And great. Glad you're doing influence for whatever. <laughs> but the thing is this generation wants influence. But the secret to getting influence in the kingdom is actually not wanting influence. Because influence... Influence is something that God has to call you to steward. It's something that has to be managed. It's something that has to be guarded. It's something you have to be prepared for. But the thing, though, was David, while he was in the mundane, taking care of sheep, smelling like sheep, caring for sheep, he actually ended up, there was an encounter to where there was a lion that came to attack the sheep, but he didn't let the lion just come in and pray, o pray over them. How many of you are thankful for pastors who will watch over you and protect you from bad things from the enemy trying to come into your life, who will give you foresight so that way you don't get attacked by the lion, but instead you take authority and you take victory over that. And then there's also a bear. But the thing, though, was he wouldn't have been able to take on future battles of his next without the preparation of his now. So what are you doing when no one is watching? Can you still release prophetic vision over a territory when there's only three people in front of you? Can you still study and preach your face off whether there are three or 3,000? 
Can you clean or fix up something without anyone knowing or hearing? After all, I shouldn't have to be doing this because that's why we pay a cleaning crew. That's why we have so-and-so doing this. But if you see a need, you can step up and meet the need because you have a zeal and a love for the house of God that overshadows anything else. And you understand that the seeds of honor in the mundane are preparing me for my next, for influence. This is the way of the kingdom. The way up is down. <laughs> it also can even do it without even saying, after all, I shouldn't be doing this. This isn't in my job description. There's no dis- job description for what's not a job. This is serving. Right. Serving has no job description. Right. Work is an act of the hands. Serving is an act of the heart. Yes. So the thing is during this, while he was hidden, there was also silence. David in this season wasn't trying to go on, go on Facebook Live, trying to be like the next Stephen Furtick and giving, you know, these, a word that everything rhymes with the letter P and all this stuff to try to gain influence. And you only got three people watching your Facebook Live anyway. <laughs> Sorry, that was free. So, or trying to post all these statuses to be the next social media preacher or anything like that, but yet there's no wait whenever there's a demon or a sickness that comes in front of you and it can't obey because of the fact that you're not submitted and you're not in alignment. Just like the seven sons of Sceva, when the New Testament, they were vagabonds. This is later in my notes, but I feel it right now. They were vagabonds. They were not submitted to a house. They were not submitted to leadership. And they tried to cast out a demon. And the demon came back and said, Paul, we know. Jesus, we know. Who you is? We know these names. We don't know who you are. So there is actually not a level of spiritual authority and spiritual warfare that you can access unless you're connected to a local house. Unless you're submitted underneath right alignment. You can try to cast out a demon out of a person on your own, but you can't take powers and principalities over a city or in a region on your own. That comes through the corporate body, through the corporate man, attacking and declaring that we have been taken. We take this city. It is ours. And we declare you have no right to be in this, in this city. Religious spirits, you have no right to Darlington. Poverty, you have no right to Darlington. Racism, you have no right to the PD region. Because there's a new king on the scene, and his name is King Jesus. And where he is, there is freedom, there's liberty, there's life and abundance. And it's a new kingdom with a new culture. And there's nothing, no devil in hell, no demon on earth can stop what God is doing in this city. If you believe that's yours, somebody shout hallelujah. Come on, touch somebody and say the crown has come. Before, and then that silence, before anyone can know your name, heaven needs to know yours. Silence creates weight. Because it happens when you do speak, it's because there is something worth saying. When you speak, there comes a level of authority to where it's not just the Lord telling you to do something and you obey it. But there comes a level of relationship just like Elijah that said, it's not going to rain unless I say it's going to rain. And then heaven backs up the weight that's on his life. It's so what happened is because when you are not speaking with weight behind your words, you are creating noise when you were meant to release a sound. 
Dominion was you are not called to just make noise in this region. You are called to release a sound, not just in worship, but a sound from the word, a sound of miracles, a sound of the kingdom, a sound of authority, a sound of taking over in this region. So you were created to release a sound. This third level of his process was when David was then anointed to be king. See, one of the things, there were two different people in the Bible that were anointed. There were priests and there were kings. And what happened with anointing is they would take a shofar, which was a ram's horn, and fill it with anointing oil. And they would seal the end of it with wax. And then what they would do is whenever they would come, the prophet would come to the person who was going to be the king or the priest, they would pour, they would hold the shofar over, but only the Lord would be able to cause the oil to break the seal, which showed that this was not anointed by man, this was anointed by the Lord. And so what happened was whenever they came in, uh, where Sam, or excuse me, Samuel came to David's father Jesse's house with the oil and said, bring your sons here. Went down every single son, oil wasn't flowing, oil wasn't flowing, oil wasn't flowing. It did not flow over any of them because David wasn't even invited to the party. He was out in the field being faithful in the mundane, being faithful in the dirty work, but he didn't have to go seek the anointing. The anointing sought him. And so what happens is when you have oil that's designed for your head, your oil knows your address. You can't get somebody else's oil and nobody can get yours. So what's meant for me will come to me at the right time because I've submitted to process. Because I have been proven faithful over a few, I will be made ruler over much. As you are being faithful over a few, Dominion, the Lord is positioning you to be ruler over much. And so too many, the thing is, since the oil knows your address, there are too many address changes in the body of Christ, chasing oil when the oil is supposed to be chasing you. My pastor says, there's nothing like when God gives you a new address in the spirit, but God keeps finding you at your old address. Are you in position, Dominion, are you in position for the oil that God has ordained for you? And so the thing is, the anointing came faster than David even had time to prepare for. He didn't have time to look the part. He didn't have time to take a bath or smell the part. He was brought in straight off from the streets. So you might not have even gone through seminary. You might not have been rose up to a bishop and a senior archbishop and a chief apostle, his holiness and all that mess, into certain organizations, have all the qualifications but because of the fact that the Lord has seen your faithfulness and the Lord has seen your silence creating weight and the Lord has seen you faithful with the lion and faithful with the bear and faithful with every levels, the Lord will use somebody like you so that way you can't take the glory, you can't take the credit, but that it is not by might, it is not by power, but it is by the Spirit of the Lord because the Lord wants to get the glory through your life. The Lord wants to get the glory through what you are doing. And that is why it is no accident that the Lord is sending the people to this house like he is because he is sending the rejected. He's sending the forgotten. He's sending the ones that the churches didn't even want. The churches turned away because of the fact that they didn't look the part. They didn't smell the part. They stank. They came. They were in the club last night. They were drinking on sleep under a bridge, but because of the fact that God places the orphans and families, he's created a place for people to come and encounter purpose and seen the ways of the kingdom and be created into royalty. You have royalty. 
royalty. You are destined. You are called. You are chosen for such a time as this. And it doesn't matter what man says. It doesn't matter what any other pastor says. It doesn't matter what any religious system tries to say. But if you are called by God, you can bank on that word that is settled forever in heaven. Hallelujah. You might not look the part, but the Lord says you fit the part. The brothers might be jealous. The brothers were jealous, but it didn't even move David. Unlike Joseph, who when he received a word from the Lord over his life, he went straight to his brothers and bragged on, hey, y'all going to bow down before me one day. You're going to eat from my hands. And you know what? I'm going to like it. Because you try to treat me a certain way. And look, I'm going to wear my coat. I'm going to wear it well. Because I am my daddy's favorite. And you know what they did? They're like, yeah, right. To the pit he goes. So the thing was, again, just like the children of Israel prolonged their process by not submitting to the will of God, Joseph prolonged his process to the palace by the way of the pit because he tried to give a prophetic word prematurely because the, pro because the thing with prophetic words, prophetic words are not for celebration, they're for preparation. David receiving this prophetic word of being king and this announcement of being king, he was only 12 or 13 years old. He didn't take the crown or the kingship until he was in his 30s. Because there is still even more process after you find out what you're called to do, what you're anointed to be. This is not it. This is just the beginning. So then we come to the fourth level of his process, which was killing Goliath. Once again, when there is a Goliath in the land challenging the very armies of God, even the ones who were the best trained soldiers, the best equipped ones, they were still too scared to fight him. They were still too scared to go out. Or they didn't want to go out. But yet, David was being faithful again in the mundane. Even after he received this word about being king, he shows up serving cheese to his brothers who were in battle. But the thing, though, is you might be a cheese toter to a brother, but you don't know that that's actually positioning you to be in the right place at the right time for your promotion, for your elevation. And so the thing was his moment came in the serving. Your moment of increase, your moment of elevation will be found in the serving. Just like when Elijah threw his mantle on Elisha, it was whenever Elisha was plowing in the field. If Elisha wasn't at the place of the plow, if he wasn't even in that field, if he was in another field, he would have missed the mantle that fell on his life, which he later received a double portion of and did twice as many miracles as Elijah. It is so important to be at the right place at the right time through serving. And so what happened is that David understood this. And so what's interesting, he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine who's challenging the armies of God? And he's like, let me take him. I killed a lion. I killed a bear. This joker ain't nothing for me to fight, for me to take down. I'll even take his head into my hands. But Saul took a fleshly response, who was king at the time, and he decided that, okay, if you're going to do it, then here, take my armor. But David couldn't take down this giant in Saul's armor. 
He couldn't take it down in what didn't fit him. And so how many giants go undefeated because we put on what wasn't meant for us? Because God wanted to do something again. God loves to do things. This is a principle in the kingdom. That is not by might, not by power, but by my says the Lord. So what happened was he then finds five smooth stones, which can represent the word of God because there were only five books of the Bible. So he was going to throw Genesis at him. And if Genesis didn't work, he'd throw Exodus at him. And if Genesis, Exodus didn't work, he'd throw Leviticus at him. And so he was fighting, combating with the word. But also, I believe this is what's prophetic for this house, was also this five smooth stones can represent the fivefold ministry. In Ephesians 4 verse 11, see one of the things too is every part of the Godhead gave gifts. In Romans 12, you find the gifts of the Father. In 1 Corinthians 12, you find the gifts of the Spirit. And then in Ephesians 4 verse 11, you find the gifts of the Son. Because it starts off and says that Jesus Christ, the Son, gave gifts to the church. He gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And in Ephesians 2 verse 20 says that there's an order. God gave first apostles and prophets with Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. So what happened was all it took, David didn't even have to go through all five stones. He only knocked him out with the first stone, which represents the apostolic. What is going to take down giants and principalities in this city is the apostolic mandate that is on this house. You don't just have a pastor in this house on Pastor Appreciation Sunday. You have an apostle, a sent one, who's meant to go in and break open new territory, prepare the way, and raise up other leaders to equip and go and exceed the kingdom established on earth as it is in heaven. You're not meant to just be pambied and catered to and cared for just like a pastor and stroke your ego and all this kind of stuff, you have a man who's meant to take territory. You have a man and a woman of God who are called to break open and go where no one else has gone before because no, the Bible says that nothing can be withhold from them that walk uprightly before them, but also that the promises of God, you have to go after it. And you can't take on this principality by yourself. So once again, like we talked about too, if you're not submitted, you don't have the weight in the spirit realm against these powers and principalities. And also, here's a side note, too, for some people who might be having an issue, or this might be new, about submission. Submission is not compliance. Submitting to spiritual authority is not, oh, yeah, we're all in, we're all in, Pastor. Can y'all believe what he just said? I can't, uh, I know he said to do this, but I just don't know. Uh, you know, everybody like, well, I want to do it this way, but this is what pastor said, so we're just going with it. Submission is not compliance. There are opportunities, yes, when there is godly counsel around to be able to bring wisdom and instruction. But what happened that caused a lot of the stuff that happened with Israel being prolonged in the wilderness was also the murmuring and the complaining. You are here to submit to the vision that God is, of the house that God has placed you in. So David takes on Goliath and kills him with just one stone and then takes off his head as a trophy. <laughs> Pastor Kyle, you have many trophies from these battles that you've walked through. You have many trophies that you've overtaken. And then what happened was this positioned him for the palace in level five of his process was playing and serving before King Saul. 
Can you be faithful to a leader who holds your next but wants to kill you when you're now? King Saul saw a weakness in David, which was the rejection. You've had leaders see the weakness in you of rejection, who tried to take you in and promise you position, give you a campus, give you a building to manage and people, and you thought this was gonna be it. Even said they loved you, even said they were here for you, only to find out, just like King Saul, while you're there serving before them, they're throwing spears in your face. They're throwing spears not just for your face, but right to your heart, right to where it hurts, because they're in close enough proximity to cause damage. King Saul took advantage of David's desire to belong and even welcomed him in the palace. But the thing, though, was while he was playing before Saul on his instrument, this is when David discovered in this process that there was more to his gift than what was by his natural hands. But there's something that the Holy Spirit can do through him. Because Saul was, he was battling demons inside of him, coming against him at this time. But what happened while he was battling these demons is he said, bring me a skilled musician. Somebody who can play before me and these demons would leave. And so David was brought in and discovered that by the anointing that was on the gift that God called for him, was able to see demons flee, a person. And so he saw the supernatural take th place through his instrument. It's not enough to be exposed to the magnitude of the works of your hands, but be exposed to the work of the Spirit. What God wants to do through you will be done not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. But also in this place in the palace, he was not only welcomed by King Saul, but he was also welcomed by King Saul's son, Jonathan. I want to dispel something that's been taught for a long time about Jonathan. Jonathan is one of the most misunderstood and misinterpreted people in the Bible. Jonathan was not David's bestie. He was a betrayer. John, but the thing, though, about Jonathan was he wasn't an enemy of David, but just like Judas did with Jesus, Jonathan revealed David's enemy, which was King Saul. So what do you do when the one who takes you in and manipulates your rejection turns it into a one-sided covenant so you can feel acceptance, but also exposes you to your enemy and betrays you. See, one of the things with the covenants, yes, they made a covenant, but if you read every single covenant that they made, all of them were one-sided towards Jonathan. He took advantage because of the fact he also knew David was next in line to the throne, even though it really should have been Jonathan because it's the descendants of the king. But also, it was culture that when a king moved in, outside of the family's lineage that the new king would come in and kill off the old king's family so they couldn't try to rise up to power. So Jonathan knew this and decided, oh, well, he has a right to kill me, take me out. So let me try to get in good with him. Let him know that I'm here for him. I'm his champion. But also, can you do this for me? Because I'm actually being your friend and also being your friend when you've been rejected by everybody else. So um, make sure that, and he even said, David didn't even offer. He, Jonathan said, I'm going to be your number two guy. So that way I'd know I have a spot. So that we wouldn't be killed. But also David fled Saul five times, three times of those times that he fled Jonathan was the only one 
that knew where David went to. And who shows up? Saul. The one he put his trust in ended up exposing him. The one who trusted him ended up exposing his resting place, his hiding place, his place of refuge, and his place of escape. And also, one of the things was, so he promoted himself to the number two spot. In fact, this will be on the screen in Psalms chapter 41. This is actually a psalm that David is actually lamenting over King Saul getting close to him. It says on the screen, and if he comes to see me, he's talking about Jonathan, he speaks lies. His heart gathers iniquity to itself. Let's go to verse 9. Wherever he goes out, he tells it. Even my own familiar friend in whom I trusted, who ate my bread, has lifted up his heel against me. He also talks about this in Psalm 55, verses 12 through 14. In the Message Bible, it says a very interesting. He says, this isn't just the neighborhood bully mocking me. I could take that. This isn't a foreign devil spitting Invective, I could tune that out. It's you. We grew up together. You, my best friend. Those long hours of leisure as we walked arm in arm got a third party to our conversation. You asked God for Jonathan's and God gave you what you asked for. But the Lord says, I'm restoring double for what was taken from you. And this day forward, you will not ask for Jonathan's anymore because I'm putting people in your life that will cover you, that will protect you, that won't expose you to your enemy, that will cover your blind spots and your weak spots and make sure that the enemy has no place to enter into your home, who will be intercessors, who will keep your arms lifted, who will keep you covered under the secret place of the Most High God, and that you will be able to trust again, the Lord says. You will be able to trust again. You will not be able to move forward in hurt, you will not be able to move forward with walls down, with walls up, but the Lord says that I am bringing people you can trust because it is time. Because you were not meant to take this city alone. You were not meant to take this region alone. There's a family here. There are people in this house who are for you. There are people in leadership who love you. There are people who are here because they are called to the vision and the mandate that's on this house. Somebody say no room for Jonathan. All right, we're almost there. Verse 7, or not verse 7, level 7 of his process. David got to a place where he couldn't take it anymore. And he had to go somewhere to seek refuge and went to the cave of this place called Adullam. But what happens and what do you do when you go to a place for refuge for yourself, but you find people who need equipping? Because in that place of the cave of Adullam, David found a group of people who didn't look the part, who didn't sound the part, who weren't invited to the party, who weren't the typical church kids, who weren't the typical pastor's kids, who had no exposure to anything, who were outcasts, and they became David's mighty men. Is this not what God is doing in this city? PK, whenever you were betrayed, whenever you were stabbed in the back, whenever you had leaders who even came from the very inception who even said, I am here with you, I'm championing you, and the next thing you know, they're gone and never to be seen from again. Whenever you were going to find your place of refuge, the Lord sent people for you to equip. Because there is a people in this house 
that are raised up as an army. These were people that God has positioned to raise up into an army to take territory. If you turn with me actually to 1 Chronicles chapter 12, this gives something very interesting in this picture. In 1 Chronicles chapter 12, this is talking about David's mighty men that actually were going in um, to Ziklag. It says in 1 Chronicles chapter 12, I'm going to bounce around here a little bit, verses 1 through 2. It says, Now there were men who came to David at Ziklag while he was still a fugitive from Saul, the son of Kish. And they were among the mighty men, helpers in the war, armed with bows, using both the right hand and the left in hurling stones and shooting arrows with the bow. They were of Benjamin, Saul's brethren. If we skip down to verse 17, David went out to meet them, these mighty men, and answered and said to them, If you have come peaceably to me to help me, my heart will be united with you. But if to betray me to my enemies, since there is no wrong in my hands, may the God of our fathers look and bring judgment. Then the spirit came upon Amasiel, chief of the captains, and he said, We are yours, O David. We are yours, PK. We are on your side, O son of Jesse. Peace, peace to you, and peace to your helpers, for your God helps you. So David received them and made them captains of the truth. And then down in verse 38, here's a key. All these men of war who could keep rank came to Hebron with a loyal heart to make David king over all Israel. And all the rest of Israel were of one mind to make David king. Dominion, your pastor needs to see from you, number one, you can keep rank. You can be set in order and be found in your proper place where expected because this body is connected. The Bible says that he brings, he connects the body with everybody joined together as every joint supplies. Every joint supplies every connection point in the body of Christ. Everyone, when you are found in your proper place, is allowed to cause the body to rise up and move forward how it was designed to do. So if you are found out of place, the body can't move forward if you are assigned to this house. Number two, your pastor needs to see you have a loyal heart. Number three, peaceably help him. Number four, not betray him to his enemies. And that is proven not just with your words, but with your service. And five, to be in one mind with the vision. You are not here to carry out your own vision. You are here to carry out the vision that the man of God has given for, been given for this city and this region. Because God won't even trust you with your own vision unless you can carry out someone else's. God won't send people to you unless you can be sent to someone and believe in them, pray for them, intercede for them, give, sow into them, Take care of them. Take care of their kids when needed, when they trust you for that. And also because those seeds unlock the doors of access into your life. So today, you can either get with the vision or get out the way, the Lord is saying. You can't go where you are not unified. This vision will go forward with or without you, but you have the choice today to declare, am I with the vision? Am I going to get with it? Or am I going to get out the way? Because I can get run over or I can run with it. Somebody say the crown has come. Here's where we're landing. Level eight. This was the final battle before David became king at Ziklag. What it said in 1 Samuel 30 is before David went into the battle, he sought the Lord for instruction and for clearance. Battles are lost when we pursue what he never told us to fight. 
So when he went into this battle, he had a thus says the Lord that declared, I am anointed, I am called, and yes, not only am I going to pursue this battle, but it said, I shall pursue, overtake, and without fail, recover all. I prophesy today, this is a without fail season for dominion. Everything that was stolen will be recovered all of it. The Bible says one of the names of God is Jehovah Shalom. It doesn't just mean the God of peace, but Shalom also means there is nothing missing and nothing broken. There is nothing missing, nothing broken in this next season. There is no more lack. There is no more poverty. There is no more want because God has called this house into abundance because this vision will be fully funded. This vision will be fully provided for. This vision will move forward because it is to see the kingdom of God advanced in Darlington, in the PD region, as it is in heaven. And then we see in this battle, Saul being David's enemy. David didn't have to go after Saul. The Lord took care of him himself. In fact, Saul actually fell on his own sword. Woo. PK, the sword that was meant to take you out has taken your enemy out. The sword that was meant for you, the Lord turned around and used it to defeat the enemies that were coming against you. So because you have been faithful to the assignment that God has given you and to the giants that he's called you to fight, you hadn't had to go after your haters. Too many people are, are not fighting what they're called to fight because they're distracted by their haters. I've determined at this point in my life, I'm too busy being accepted in the beloved to even worry about a hater. The Bible says there are more for you than against you. Jesus didn't even pay attention to them. So why should we? Because they'll take care of themselves. And so what happened at this point in 2 Samuel verse 1 is it said that this messenger came and brought the crown to him. Came and they brought the crown to him. There's also the the other props that goes with too. So you don't have to go looking for your crown. The crown will come to you. This word crown is actually a word in Hebrew, nezer, which is actually the root word for Nazarite, which is a crown that has been consecrated or set apart. The crown is set apart for your head. The crown is set apart for no one else's. Too many people chase crowns that they were never anointed for. Because the thing that was what fell on David's head first before he could receive the crown was the oil of the anointing. So if you haven't been anointed by God, you cannot have any place in the kingdom to even wear a crown. So what happened was the crown, or the oil prepared the place for the crown. So you don't have to go looking for your crown. Your crown is looking for you. The Bible says that today is a crowning moment. Today is a crowning moment. And the process was necessary because if David skipped levels, he wouldn't have been equipped to handle the crown. If he, didn't, if he wasn't rejected by his family, if he wasn't found in the place of preparation, serving in the field, hidden while no one's looking at him, knowing he has a gift, but still faithful to serve and do the dirty work. Ends up being anointed by king. Ends up finding the lion and the bear. 
and then even invited into Saul's palace after killing Goliath, and then being rejected, even betrayed by the friend he let closest to him, and then King Saul trying to kill him and being jealous of him, which then led him to the place to where he was able to find his mighty men to take over that territory, which then that battle that they were at was the place God had positioned for the crown, the place of the pressing. So the Lord has a question for you. Can you handle wearing your crown? There's a verse on Psalm, that's in Psalms chapter 8, verses 3 through 6, that will be on the screen for you. It's David actually writing in the Psalms, he says to the Lord, When I consider your heavens, the works of your fingers, the sun, the moon, and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. You, the thing that's interesting with this verb, this is a verb form of crown. Oh, yes, and you have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands, and you have put all things under his feet. But this word crown in Hebrew is the Hebrew word atar, which means to crown, but also means to encircle with protection. You are not just wearing a crown of royalty with glory and honor. You are protected by glory and honor. With the crown comes weight and favor. Because of the weight of heaven upon me and the favor of heaven upon me, nothing by any means can hurt me in this season. Today is a crowning moment, Dominion family. The Bible even says in Psalms chapter 65, verse 11, it says, you crown the year with your goodness and your paths drip with abundance. But the thing that's interesting here is that this word goodness means bounty, favor, and prosperity. A crown is never associated with poverty. The poverty mindset is broken from this day forward. Do not accept anything less than the level you are meant to live. The Bible says that we set our hearts and our minds on things above where Christ is. This word Christ is not Jesus' last name. It's his function. Christ actually means the anointing. So you set your heart on mind, your mind on things above where the anointing is, and where that is is seated with him in heavenly places. So you have to do, as Bishop Tony Miller said, think on the level that you've been anointed. I've been anointed as a king, so I no longer think like a pauper. I'm anointed as a king, so I don't think like a warrior. I'm anointed as a king, so I don't think like a betrayer. I'm a king, so I no longer think as a shepherd in that context, but I am anointed with destiny and with purpose to take over a region, to take over a territory, to drive out demons and principalities that have no legal right in this place. But from the, this day forward, we declare the kingdom has come to Darlington. We we declare the kingdom has come to this region. We declare that the crown has come. The crown has come. The crown has come. And what is flowing and being released on this house is flowing down to the body. If everybody could please stand. If everybody could please stand. Thank you, Jesus. Today is a crowning moment for Dominion Church. Today is a crowning moment for your pastors. You are in a new season as you have realized that you are not just going to be here, but the Lord has given land. You are putting a stake in the ground. 
Lord is enlarging your territory and opening up other places. PK, I heard in the spirit, the Lord says, because not only did the crown come, not only did the crown come, but it also said there was a bracelet that came with it. But the bracelet, it wasn't just a piece of jewelry. Attached to it was a signet ring, which is what caused that king to be able to do business, to make transactions, to carry out his will and his intention. PK, I heard in the spirit as I was preparing for this, that the Lord says in this season, he is trading your helmet and a sword for a crown and keys. Where you've had to fight demons, you will not have to fight these demons anymore, the Lord says. I've given you victory. I've established victory. I've established authority. You have the legal right to this territory. You have the legal right to this region. You have the legal right. It's not just power, but you have the authority. It's not just dunamis, but it's exousia. The legal right to this territory and this region. In fact, actually, Pastor Jason, can you help me with this? Can you hold this for me? Thank you so much, sir. PK, lift your hands to the Lord. The Lord says, I'm crowning your year with bounty. I am crowning you. I'm crowning your family. This is the moment to where people who have known you before as a man of war are seeing you for who you are as a king who has a palace, a king with a throne, a king with a scepter. And today, from this day forward, you will walk in your rightful place as you receive the crown of my blessing, says the Lord, as you receive the crown of my presence and the crown of my spirit. And I will also crown your efforts with great success, as my word says. As you wear your crown, I will crown the works of your hands. It will have my seal. It will have my stamp of approval. In fact, it comes on you now, says the Lord. Now, says the Lord. You are a king and a priest. You are a king and a priest. You are, have the right to this territory. And you have the bracelet in your hands with the signet ring of the king. And in fact, the Lord says from this day forward, if you open up your other hand to receive, the Lord says, I'm giving you the keys to the region. The PD region has seven counties. A key for every county. The Lord's going to show you what it is that you are going to unlock in every key. Every key is different. Just as the mayor gives the keys to the city, to someone of distinction, and has the key to the city, the Lord says, I've put you not just in this city, but in this region. I'm opening the region to you, Kyle, says the Lord. I'm opening new territory. This is your without fail season. If you can handle the access, I have the keys for you in your hand. And so go open every door that I've set before you and close every door that does not belong because I've given you the keys of the kingdom. Whatsoever you bind on earth 
is bound in heaven, and whatever is loosed on earth is loosed in heaven. It's from this day forward. I'm turning your mourning into dancing. I'm turning your weeping into laughter. You will dance again. You will laugh again. You will rejoice again because this is a great season for you. This is the right season for you. This is the season you belong because you are royalty. You are a champion. You are not a victim. You are a champion. You are crowned with confidence. You are crowned with boldness. You are crowned with favor. You are crowned with bounty. Wear your crown from this day forward, says the Lord. Come on, Dominion, you've received the crown today. Give the Lord thanks for the crown. Give the Lord thanks for the crown. 